Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Hope everyone is doing well out there on this Wednesday, March 31st, as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. This is a a big week in uh, draft preparation process, of course, with uh, many of the uh, the top programs in the country holding their pro days this week. We've seen Alabama hold a second pro day. We've seen the Ohio State Buckeyes hold their pro day. Today, we see Notre Dame, Florida, and LSU hold their pro days. A little bit later on in the program, I'll be talking to Joshua Voles of SB Nation's Notre Dame website, One Foot Down, to discuss some of the uh, the Fighting Irish prospects in the upcoming draft. Um, but first, a few things that uh, that I wanted to talk about in relation to pro days, in relation to the draft, you know, with your New York Giants. Lots been made in recent days, including at Big Blue View, about the presence of Giants head coach Joe Judge at the Penn State and Miami pro days to watch uh, mostly defensive players like Micah Parsons of Penn State, like Jason Owe of Penn State, trio of edge rushers out at Miami, Jalen Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, and and Quincy Roche, all of those players who have uh, been connected to the Giants in in one way, shape, or form throughout the draft process. Uh, We asked uh, our writers at Big Blue View if uh, in in a roundtable that that posted on Wednesday morning, if that was a a quote-unquote tell of what the Giants' plans were in the, the upcoming draft Mostly, uh, our writers believe that it's not necessarily a tell. What, what I say is, look, the Giants, with what they've done in free agency, adding a couple of big players in Kenny Galladay and, and Adoree Jackson, and, and adding depth throughout the roster, the Giants have put themselves in a draft position where they can look at the, the board at number 11 and take the player that they think is the biggest difference maker, whether that's an offensive lineman, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's an edge rusher, whether it's Micah Parsons. They're in a position where the board should favor them with five quarterbacks expected to come off the board in the first uh, in the first 10 picks, possibly at least four, perhaps five, depending on on how teams see Justin Fields and Mac Jones. But uh, the board is shaping up favorably for the Giants, so they should have lots of options. And despite the fact that, yes, they they could use some offensive tackle help or offensive line help, excuse me, I think they need help more at guard than tackle, to be honest. They could use an edge rusher, of course. I don't believe they have to force a pick. I don't believe the pick has to be an edge rusher or has to be an offensive lineman or has to be a wide receiver. The pick can be whatever player at whatever position the Giants believe can make the biggest impact for their football team. So we'll see how we'll see how that all plays out. I wanted to uh, to mention just a couple things about the pro days. The uh, Alabama pro day was interesting because we saw Devontae Smith, wide receiver, here run a few routes. 
But really, this week we didn't see Jalen Waddle run. Kind of wanted to see him run to see how healthy he is, but uh, chose not to not to work out. So we'll see how uh, how teams view Waddle coming off the the, the fractured ankle that he suffered last season. Waddle, of course, uh, could still be in play for the Giants at, at eleven, and I would have no problem with with that pick. To be honest with you, even though the Giants added uh, added Kenny Galladay, so we'll see how that plays out. Justin Fields was, of course, the uh, the primary attraction at the Ohio State Pro Day. To be honest, though, I'm more interested to see how the Giants feel about uh, about a guard a guy like guard Wyatt Davis or linebacker Baron Browning, um, guys who who play positions where the Giants could uh, could obviously use some some help uh, still heading into the 2021 season. Uh, on the schedule today is the the Notre Dame Pro Day, and we'll talk to Joshua Voles of One Foot Down about that in just a minute. Also, the LSU Pro Day, where we'll get to see Jamar Chase work out after uh, having opted out of the 2020 season. Chase could easily be the first receiver off the board. I think he's the number one wide receiver in the class. We'll see if NFL teams happen to agree. Other guys of note at LSU are wide receiver Terrace Marshall, linebacker Jabril Cox, and nose tackle Tyler Shelvin, among others. So, Stay tuned to Big Blue View for for our uh, Pro Day coverage later on as we try to bring you some of the results from from today's Pro Day. Also, the other Pro Day of note today will be the uh, the Florida Pro Day where Kyle Pitts and wide receiver Kadarius Tony will be the star attractions. All right, Giants fans, let's uh, let's take a, a break here for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, I'll play for you the interview that I did with Joshua Voles of SB Nation's One Foot Down. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Giants fans, we've been talking pro days here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and there is a big pro day coming up today. That's uh, Wednesday. That would be the the Notre Dame Pro Day, and here to uh, to help us discuss the Notre Dame Pro Day, talk about some of the prospects that uh, that will be showing off uh, at at that pro day is. Joshua Voles of SB Nation's One Foot Down. Joshua, thank you very, very much for for coming on the show. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, so, you know, crazy week this week. All so many big pro days. I think Florida is also uh, is also today or tomorrow. I'm not sure which day, but we've had Ohio State this week. We've had Alabama. Um, I know LSU is this week. You know, Notre Dame is and and, and Notre Dame is is, is kind of in there somewhere. I mean, are you guys uh, are you guys you know over there saying like you know, hey, can we have some attention too? Uh, <laughs> I think Notre Dame probably gets uh, plenty of attention, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that's too much of a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, 
you know, and some people would say Notre Dame gets more attention than it would deserve, but uh, but yeah, you uh, you, you you would not you would not find me in that crowd. But some people would say that, so th- so there is that. Right. <laughs> so so let's go through, you know, some of the is uh, some of the guys who whose names uh, Giants fans will recognize. You know, some of the guys that'll be working out today who could sure who could perhaps be on the Giants radar the the uh, the top guy for Notre Dame is for, you know as far as as far as I can see is is the the linebacker safety whatever position you want to call him I, I suppose at this point Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa I think is how you pronounce the name did I get that anywhere close to right yep you got it absolutely right Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa uh, we just ah. call him uh, we just call him Jock or Wu. Uh, so New York, yeah, your Giants fans, uh, any, any Wu Tang fans over there? <laughs> uh, we we just we we've been calling him Wu for years here. So, well, you know, tell me, just tell me a little bit about the kid. I'm not sure that he's a guy that would be on the Giants' radar. I mean, they're 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 pretty well stocked at safety, and I don't know. I don't know that he's a that he's a, a linebacker that they would really go after if they consider him a linebacker, but because I think he's what two fifteen, two sixteen. He's pretty small, but just just tell me a little bit about the kid. Yeah. So first of all, uh, don't think of him as a safety at all. Period. Uh, any team that's looking at him at safety is doing uh, scouting all wrong because uh, he's not a safety. Uh, you wouldn't think more along the lines of like. Uh, like the Simmons kid from from Clemson that came out, that's more like that. Yeah, he's a little slimmer at 215. I'm sure tomorrow or, uh, at the pro day, I'm sure his weight will have gone up, maybe probably five or six pounds. Um, that's something he had been concentrating on. But when you watch him play out there on the field, I mean, we're talking about the Buckus Award winner here. This isn't this isn't just some some quick uh, quick kid from Notre Dame. This is the Buckus Award winner coming out of Notre Dame here. He. Uh, he hits with a, uh, you know, a fury of a thousand suns and it's so violent. And and that's, you know, one of the big uh, things that was talked about during the, the media day was about how violent of a hitter he is. Um, he stacks up just fine. And in the NFL where 240 pound linebackers are starting to go to the way of the Dodo, uh, he fits in fantastic. I mean, he's a guy, he was the, uh, the number one rated guy, according to PFF, uh, defending against the slot. I mean, he's is absolutely amazing. The, the amount of ground he can cover, um, being able to, to, to put man coverage on a slot receiver, let alone a tight end. Uh, he really can, uh, can do it all from, you know, on the outside, on, on the edge, uh, you know, blitzing him. I mean, my God, the, the guys, he's, he's more than athletic. He jumps off. The, he really jumps off the, the film when you're watching him. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone is thinking of the, him as a safety and I don't believe any NFL team really has that kind of thought process, um, at all, uh, then they're doing it wrong. This is, this is a linebacker. This is the new, this is the new age. And so if he's two fifteen now, maybe he's two twenty. you know, when he weighs in a pro day, I mean, he's, he's going to be a guy out in the field that he's never had a problem taking on bigger opponents. His tackling could be better. We do, he did talk about that in the media day, um, but again, this is the Buckus Award winner. Uh, this isn't this isn't just uh, this is no slouch. This guy can play football. 
at the NFL level, is he an edge or is he then, you know, more of, of what, you know, what you would consider an off ball, you know, inside guy, more of an edge. I definitely think he's more of an edge. Um, but because of his, I mean, he, because of his skill set, um, you can kind of move him around the field. So, you know, if, if you want to come out, just say, you know, in a, in a regular seven front, right. Uh, and he's out there on the outside, maybe you don't need to bring in that nickel, that nickel back, um, because you have him because a lot of what a nickel can do, he can do for you, uh, you know, out on the flats, you know, up, you know, in that kind of like that curl area and all that, um, so, but he's, yeah, he's not a, he's not an inside backer. Um, he's definitely more of an edge, edge guy there. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about a couple of guys, obviously with the giants, there's always a lot of discussion about offensive line giants used three draft picks a year ago on their offensive line. And yet they're back this year with a situation where, it looks like neither one of the guys that started on the right side of their offensive line are going to be back. You know, Kevin Zeitler was, you know, was cut as a, uh, a salary cap move and has moved on to, to the Baltimore Ravens. And it looks like they won't be bringing back, you know, starting right tackle cam Fleming. So, so they're, they're going to be restructuring that offensive line, at least that right side a little bit. And Notre Dame happens to have a couple of a couple of guys who who might be able to to fill holes for the Giants, uh, Liam Eichenberg and, and Aaron Banks. Let's talk about Eichenberg first because initially when I started, you know, looking at the draft and you look at all the prospect rankings and all that, you're you're looking at Eichenberg and people are talking about him as a third round pick, something like that. And now I'm starting to see, you know, late late first round, early second round for him. Um, what's the right range for him and, and what kind of player do you think he is? Yeah. I mean, I think he's a first round guy. I mean, Notre Dame, Notre Dame starting left tackles get drafted in the first round. Uh, I mean, this goes, you know, McGlinchey, uh, Zach Martin, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, there's a long list of guys here uh, that go first round that started multiple years of left tackle for Notre Dame. Liam Eikenberg is that. He is a consensus All-American. He won the ACC Best Blocker of the Year. I mean, this, this guy has everything in it. And I have been confused from day one when I started seeing mock drafts come out about uh, where his position was. This is a, in a, in a premier position like left tackle is for the NFL. Seeing him, not, you know, initially uh, in that second or third round pick, you start seeing it yeah, slide up. Uh, it, honestly, it confused the hell out of me. Uh, because when you watch this guy and he talks a lot about this in his media day, you know, you know, go to the, go to the tape and everybody on the Notre Dame beat. And the, and I, I got to say the, the guys that I'm talking about, these are, these are not Notre Dame fans. They're just guys that cover Notre Dame every day they, you know, they'll say it, watch him play. This is a first round guy. He has everything there that you need there for an NFL left tackle. And maybe he's not an, a left tackle for some teams, but he's a, he is a premier right tackle for others. I think, I think that line, not that line gets blurred, but I think more and more, I mean, you need him on the other side. I mean, there's just so many athletes anymore coming in into the league uh, on the edge or whatever side you want that you, you need those kinds of guys on the edge. Uh, he's a tough guy. The guy played most, most of the Florida state game with one eye because uh dude tried gouging it out. 
I mean, and it was his left eye, and he's playing left tackle. And he still wasn't letting anybody through. Uh, he was, I, I want to say the PFF had him ranked extremely high. And it just, it does confuse me about the some of these mock drafts. And, hey, maybe that's just because of, uh, you know, certain certain positions are are big this year than, than others. Uh, but I would expect him to go in the first round. He, you know, just watch. If you go back and watch the tapes, watch his film, watch that cat, that guy play. And, and he proves it. He proves it. I mean, just out each play. Um, he had a little problem early in his career um, with uh, false starts. It was a, was a big thing. Uh, but he's not a grasper. He doesn't grab. He's you know not a whole lot of holding calls in his career. Um, and then this last year, I maybe there was two false start penalties all year long. Uh, so I mean, whatever mental block he had in his head for that, he got past it pretty quickly this year, um, and it was just outstanding. I'm just curious, could it be measurables, physical traits, any any of that stuff? Maybe where you I, think draft analysts might be, you know, might be overlooking him a little bit. The dude's six seven, three hundred fifteen pounds. He's not. <laughs> he he's a tackle. He's an he's yeah. an offensive left tackle. They they uh, the knock was athleticism, which if you look at him, he is wide. He is a wide body, and he is a big boy. He's not as um, like take Ronnie Stanley, for example, uh, Stanley, a lot, a lot trimmer than, than, uh, Eichenberg, but watching him play, you don't, it's not, he's not a plotter. You don't see, he moves just as smooth as some of these, uh, these slim down tackles. All right. So the other guy that I need to ask you about is, is Aaron Banks, the, uh, the guard and the thing that, that's interesting about about banks for me is a guy whose work that I really respect quite a bit Emery Hunt from football game plan really likes banks and has him rated I think more highly than uh, than many of the draft analysts I've even heard heard Emery talk about banks as a as a guy who could be you know a round one kind of talent but I don't see that I don't anywhere else um i'm curious you know your take on banks your take on on what would be the the right place to draft him and 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 if he's sitting there at 42 for the giants who could use a a plug and play right guard you know for their 2021 lineup um could he be an answer for them uh so i'll answer the last one uh First, and that's yeah, uh, because I think very highly of Aaron Banks. I, he, uh, another guy who earned All American status this year, um, just <laughs> takes up a lot of space. He is a big, big boy. Uh, played left guard, played right next next to uh, Liam Eikenberg on that line. Um, f- pretty athletic. He had a, a little bit of a foot injury early in his career, uh, and for a big boy like that, you know, foot injuries kind of linger a little bit. Uh, but really had a stellar season and is a, I mean, just a, an absolute mauler, a blocker. Um, get him off the ball a little bit more, uh, just you know, a little quicker would be would be ideal. Um, but it's definitely something that's coachable and doable. That's not something that uh, that that he can't control. That he can definitely control that. Um, the, ideally, we would have liked to have him to have come back uh, for a fifth year. 
uh, like so many other guys that we've had do it, and then we were going to kick him out to left tackle. Um, that's how highly we think of him and how highly Brian Kelly and his coaching staff thinks of him is they wanted to make him the left tackle for 2021. He ultimately decided that he wanted to, he wanted to, uh, you know, to, to go to the league. So um, they were supportive of that and, you know, all the best to Aaron. Um, but that would have been nice to have a, had a year of film of him at left tackle. Uh, but he is definitely, you know, a plug and play kind of a guy at right guard. I'm not sure if, um, you know, really where the correct spot is for him um, because maybe it, he is maybe another year away. Uh, so, you know, if you can get him at 42, that's great. Um, it, you know, if you can get, I, I'm not sure. I don't think he'll last, uh, you know, maybe mid mid third round, maybe um, would be about the, the max where he, where he ends up at. But, um, but yeah, I mean, but he's definitely a, a guy that if somebody took him in the first round, cause they needed some other lines, like, you know, for example, like the chiefs, right. Their, their lines, <laughs> they got to do some rebuilding on that line. Uh, if they got a guy like Aaron Banks, I, I would, I wouldn't, uh, you know, bat an eyelash over it. You know, that's a guy that you can, you can build on for the next eight, nine, 10 years. All right. So let's talk about uh, a couple of, uh, of edge type guys uh, who look like they might be, you know, mid round kind of, of prospects at this point, at least if if you go by the prospect rankings and all of that, um, Giants have been looking for pass rush for the last couple of years, and and quite honestly, if they don't draft an offensive lineman at eleven, I, I I really would expect them to go pass rusher. But if they don't, and and they're looking, you know, in the middle parts of the draft, you know, Notre Dame has a couple of guys. They have Dalen Hayes, and they have a young man whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Ogun, that's uh, uh, actually I will Ogan Deji. Yeah, that's how he pronounces his, his last. It's it's out I'm, I'm not even going to try the first name. Say well, it again I mean, most me. people, but it's Ade Tukumbo Ogan Deji. Most people just call him Ade Ade Ogan Deji. Right. Uh, but his mom, his mom does appreciate people calling him by his full name. So I have made a point to do that in all podcasts and and on the site I'll uh, spell it out. So it's Ade Tukumbo Ogan Deji. It's actually it's. Uh, spelled pretty phonetically, so it it gets e- it's it's a lot easier than some names out there for sure. <laughs> All right, so tell me, just tell me a little bit about both of those guys. Uh, you know what you think of those guys. Uh, sure. You know, and and you know what you think of of their skill sets, and you know, especially you know, I'm looking. The Giants would be looking for guys who can get out there on the edge and. And play standing up and, you know, and play also at times with their hand in the dirt. So just tell me a little bit about about those two guys and and whether they sort of fill that skill set. Yeah, so I'll start with Hayes first. So Notre Dame, the scheme that that they ran, uh, Hayes played what, what you call a, a shark or a viper. It's, it's a drop end. Um, and so a lot of times if we're blitzing from the safety or corner spot or sending two linebackers or whatever, um, or, you know, some other di- different situations. Uh, Hayes was in coverage, whether that was out in the flat. Uh, I a few times you'd see them. He'd take off on a on a deep third, um, and as a defensive end, defensive, it's kind of uh, it, it's a, it was a little different for us. The, the, this scheme came in, and, and we've seen it over the last few years. Julian Aquara did it really well for Notre Dame too. Uh, so yeah, he can play standing up, uh, and he can play with his hand in the ground. 
Um, I think he's probably more effective with his hand on the ground. Um, uh, but you know, he, he, he has got good power, uh, really good athleticism, uh, really good, you know, kind of a, you know, cliche here, but a high motor guy who, who really gets after it. Uh, he does, I, I don't know. He does get lost in space at times. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, I think a lot of defensive ends outside of your elite defensive ends, uh, you know, kind of have that problem. Um, but a, as a person too, I mean, he is, a he is definitely a leader. Uh, he was a leader on Notre Dame's team, um, really rallied that whole, uh, that whole group up this year. Um, and this summer when the, you know, all the social injustice that, uh, going on brought the team together. They had a rally. I mean, this is a guy who, who, who players just, they fall right behind, um, you know, and, and let him lead. So he's got that kind of personality, um, all business. I mean, the, the guy, um, you know, is, you know, a high character kid. Um, but yeah, as an, uh, off the edge, I, I'd say he's, he's much better suited with his hand in the ground than, than, uh, than standing up, but can do it, has done it and has done it pretty well. Uh, Ogan Deji, I'd say primarily, uh, is, is down there on the, on the ground. I didn't really, don't remember him, uh, don't remember him playing out in the edge and in coverage a whole lot. And in fact, they did, they did, uh, they did with Ogan Deji like they did, uh, like the Giants used to do with Tuck where he'd be on the edge and then they'd shift him down inside uh, a lot to play defensive tackle. So a ton of power there, a lot of good length really gets out. He probably ended up being, it was Notre Dame's best pass rusher, um, put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks and really got after it. So they're both really good. You talk about mid rounds. Those are two excellent guys that, that can get the job done. Another guy I want to ask you about is uh, Tommy Treble, tight end. Yeah, he's a Tommy Tremble's a, a kind of in a different category all of his own in this draft class. It just it's a tight end that you get a couple of different things with. Um, I mean, honestly, he was more of an H back for Notre Dame, especially this last twenty twenty, and a lot of that meant that he was playing fullback at times. Uh, and there was no better run blocker. Uh, PFF had him as the highest rate of the run blocker in the country than Tommy Tremble. He takes it seriously. He is extremely violent. He loves to hit. Will go out and put everything out in the line. The thing about Tremble is, is that he came into Notre Dame as a pass catching tight end, and has that kind of athleticism to do it. And just the way personnel has gone through with either it be Cole Komet, Michael Mayer as a freshman came in and was phenomenal for Notre Dame. Just kind of the way that position has worked in Tommy's time there, that he hasn't been like the man as a pat as a pass catching tight end, but he can do it for sure. I think at the pro day, he's going to show off those skills. He's a, he's a really good route runner. He's got decent hands. They're not the greatest, uh, but this is a guy that you can use in all sorts of different ways. Uh, so depending upon your offense and your scheme, you know, Tommy trouble can be really valuable or it can be just a guy you don't know what to do with. Uh, so in, in certain schemes where, where they do u- utilize, you know, a, a tight end who's not always, a, you know, an inline blocker. I um, guess Tommy's probably, he probably needs a, I think he's six, three, six, three and a half, maybe something like that. You know, so he's not the prototypical six, four, six, five tight end that, a lot, that we've been getting used to. He is more of a, you know, H back, go out in the slot, 
fallback and play a little bit of fullback. Um, does a lot, does a lot for you. I mean, this is the guy that's going to, I think he's going to be in the league for a long time and, and give a lot to whatever team that he plays for. All right. I didn't ask you about quarterback Ian book. And I did that, you know, intentionally because I really seriously doubt that the giants are going to be in the quarterback market here um, in this, in this upcoming draft. But let me ask you, is there anyone, you know, as you go down the list of, of Notre Dame, you know, prospects other than, other than book, did, did I leave, did I leave anyone off the list? Oh, I mean, there's, they got quite a few guys, but so, so let me ask you, Ed, what, what would you say outside of the positions that we've covered? What would you say would be the next or, or the biggest need for the Giants other than tight end or defensive end or linebacker there? Oh, maybe, you know, maybe some cornerback depth. I mean, obviously they signed a Dory Jackson, so they've got, they, they've got their starters set there. Uh, cornerback depth, maybe a, maybe a depth running back, something along that line. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, who else you think are, are guys that, that should be on, on the giants radar maybe. Okay, sure. So I'll start there at corner. Uh, I do like Nick McLeod a lot. Uh, Nick McLeod play, uh, was a transfer into Notre Dame from NC state, uh, was our best cover corner all, all season long. Uh, so if you're looking for a guy like late rounds to help with your cornerback depth, Nick McLeod is a guy that, that, uh, you know, fans should keep an eye on, uh, cause he, you know, he, he's going to make a team somewhere. Uh, but as far as like other guys that I mentioned, man, like Bennett Skoranek, uh, another guy that was a transfer to Notre Dame this year, he came from Northwestern. Uh, he checks off a lot of the boxes. Uh, he is a big guy. He's so he's a, he's a nice big possession receiver can use him at tight end if needed. Uh, but he runs a pretty good 40. Uh, he's pretty fast. Uh, let's see here. I, you know, yeah, you're not going to, you guys are going to need Ian book. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure who I'm not sure. Ian book is the biggest mystery mystery, uh, to me from Notre Dame's, uh, guys going to the draft. So, you know, I don't know, but there's, you still have, you know, Tommy Kramer, uh, another right guard there, uh, and Robert Hainsey and Robert Hainsey is really intriguing. He played uh, right tackle at Notre Dame when he got to the senior bowl, he did some guard. He even did some center. So he's a guy that's pretty versatile and can be used all over who probably be rated higher, uh, on the offensive line. If maybe, you know, his arms were like another inch longer, um, but I talked to that, you know, like uh, Zach Martin was a guy that the knock on him coming out of Notre Dame was, you know, that his arms weren't as long. And then this guy becomes an all pro guy. So, you know, take it for what it is. But I really like Hainsey a lot and the, because he can give you depth at multiple positions along the offensive line. I think that's just, um, you know, extremely valuable. All right, so let me ask you about a couple of guys uh, that are already on the Giants roster. Um, you know, sure. a couple of uh, of guys that 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 went through Notre Dame. Uh, what did you think of of the Giants signing of of Kyle Rudolph? Oh, I just I I look I, I love Kyle Rudolph. I'm an Ohio guy, and so anybody any guy from Ohio, and that's uh, Cincinnati Elder. Uh, with Ruth Rudolph, uh, I, I will, I will stand by, <laughs> but you know, Rudolph is, uh, he's part of the tight end. You, uh, tradition at Notre Dame. He's one of the standard bears of, of, 
of that tradition at Notre Dame. So, you know, playing what, what was it? Nine years uh, with, the, with the Vikings. Ten I years, I think. Ten years, yeah, ten years of the Vikings. Uh, just a long time, uh, start to finish there with your career. Uh, so for him to just keep his career going, I, I I'm excited for him. Uh, you know, we've sent a quite, we've sent a number of guys. Uh, so some of my personal favorites, your guys's way. Uh, you know, like a like a Golden Tate. So just excited that Kyle Rudolph's still in the league and and uh, still playing. Oh, look, we had a nice show going. We had 25 nice minutes going here, and then you had to mention Golden Tate. <laughs> oh, that's that's, uh, that's the uh, that's the king of kings right there, buddy. Oh, well, well, we did not we did not see the best of Golden Tate in New York, unfortunately. I think we saw I think you, New the, York the, the gold, about the, a lot of guys. <laughs> the, the Golden Tate, the Golden Tate that 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 the Giants got is is not the Golden Tate of of his years in Detroit and even his years uh you know his years in Seattle before that so unfortunately the the Golden Tate era with the Giants w- w- was not a great one unfortunately okay <laughs> but, uh, yeah but but I know I know he's he's one of those he's one of those Notre Dame guys I know he's near and dear to your heart so yeah I so. mean you're not gonna, I, there, there's <laughs> there's really nothing you can say it's gonna say they're for to think of him otherwise. So you got you got a you got an old Golden Tate with some mileage on those legs. The guy from 2011 to 2020 had uh, the most uh, most accumulated uh, yards after catch than any guy in the league. So he's got some he had some miles on him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was unfortunate. That's, it just that's a, didn't that's work a pretty, out. That's a hefty that's a hefty stat. So yeah, oh no doubt, no doubt, it just didn't work out in New York, and I think it was just. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, to see where he lands, but but the other guy I wanted to ask you about is uh, is Julian Love, and I've always I've always been kind of I've always seen the Giants' handling of of Love as kind of curious. They were really really excited to draft him a couple of years ago in the fourth round. I thought the intent for him was to was to play in the slot and yet immediately they moved him to safety you know and he's really had a hard time finding his way into into the Giants lineup and then at the end of last season he got a couple of opportunities to play out wide at corner and did okay with with them I mean I don't know if you've really followed his career with the Giants, but but I shake my head because I'm I'm not sure what to make of Julian Love. I'm not sure where he should be playing. Um, you know, so I, I'm just I'm wondering if you're as as sort of mystified by what's going on with with his career a, as I might be. Uh, I'm probably equally mystified, but uh, as far as like any, I don't have any answers to that at all, other than. You know that's something that the the Giants coaching staff uh, can answer. I'm, I'm not sure why they why they did a number of things uh, with Julian Love, um, but as far as like you know, his time in Notre Dame, guy was incredible, uh, and I still expect him you know to do pretty good things in the NFL. Maybe that's not in New York. You know if they're having a hard time figuring out how to use uh, the guy who was uh, you know a runner up to the Thorpe Award probably should have won it instead of Baker, but um, they're having a hard time figuring out what to do with them. Then, then I'm not sure what a, what a, what else to say to that. 
All right, Joshua. Hey, I appreciate your uh, your spending some time with me, dropping some knowledge. We'll be uh, sure. We'll be interested in the uh, the results of of the Notre Dame Pro Day today. You guys, uh, you guys don't have boots on the ground there, do you? No, there are no boots on the ground for uh, uh, for Pro Day or for spring football uh, at Notre Dame. It's a faculty, staff, and uh, students only on campus right now, still. Uh, but we're going to have, uh, I think we'll have, you know, the coverage on coverage on TV, and then we have, you know, all our Zoom press conferences. We just had the the media day, uh, you know, with all that. But then afterwards, we'll have we'll have some some more stuff. So there'll be plenty of coverage. Uh, of what's going on there? We'll get all the all the good stats, who ran what, and who lifted what, and all that good stuff. There you go. So Giants fans, if you don't find what you need on the Notre Dame Pro Day at Big Blue View, check out One Foot Down. Joshua, thank you very, very much for uh, for spending the time. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.